Emmy-nominated comedian, writer, producer, and recently the featured host, uh, recently, I should say, the featured host of last month's White House Correspondents Dinner, Roy Wood Jr. is back on this program uh, to talk about his upcoming Happy to Be Here Live tour, which kicks off later this summer. Roy Wood Jr., uh, good to have you back on KBLA Talk 1580, brother. How are you? Man, I appreciate you for letting me come through. The throat <laughs> a little scratchy, but we're going to make it through, man. I know I sound like a... I sound like Doc Rivers after getting ran out of the playoffs. <laughs> a little, little raspy. Uh, I promise I'll let you go in 20 minutes at the top of the hour, so I, I won't keep you too long. Uh, but let, let me good. just let me just say though that I thought you did uh, you acquitted yourself quite nicely. Uh, I've seen others not do so well, but I thought you acquitted yourself quite nicely this year at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. How did it feel for you? Uh, it was a blessing just to be in the mix of that and yeah. just to be on stage, be able to try and say a couple of things. You know, I didn't really get to get into everything that I wanted to get to. So I just kind of kept it journalistic, you mm -hmm. know, and talked a little bit about my father, his time with the National Black Network and Black Press. And, you know, the importance of the role that local media has played, you know, in a bigger conversation about black liberation, just about equality, and, you know, because nine times out of ten, it's local media that covers a lot of those stories. Now, unfortunately, because of what happened with Tucker and Don Lemon, that news broke that week. Mm -hmm. I didn't get to really dig in the way I wanted to and start a little bit of a conversation about reparations. Because the cool thing about the Correspondents' Dinner is that if you do it right, you can start a dialogue on a couple of things, you know, mm -hmm. and use humor as that, as that wedge. So, you know, we peppered it in there a little bit, but... You know, like they say in you know in the playoffs and sports, survive in advance. There you so, go. You know, it's it's comedy. Everybody ain't gonna like every joke. I've seen some of the tweets. Some folks didn't like some of the jokes, mm -hmm. but that's the game. That's the deal that you. That's that's the deal you sign up for when you make a living off of your opinion. Yeah, it's gonna be people that don't agree with you, but um, you know, it was it was a blessing. Yeah, it, it truly was. You said a few things here. I want to give you a chance to unpack right quick, Roy Wood Jr. Let me start with this. Um, you've been at it for a long time, so obviously you have you you have figured this out by now. I hope, I assume you have. Um, but when 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 you're doing uh, comedy um, in the way you do it, but particularly at the White House Correspondents Dinner, how do you not take those kinds of critiques personally? Ooh, that's a good question. To me. It's more about whether or not you got the joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. If you didn't get the joke, then to a degree, I can't even respect your opinion because you <laughs> missed the whole you point. You missed the point. You yeah, know? got it, yeah. <laughs> you know, because there, there, there's, there, like, you, you play one of the jokes um, that I know a lot of people were jaw-jacking about online was about the school shooting joke with regards to, you know, drag queens reading in the schools and everything. Mm -hmm. And the conversation in some circles around that joke is pro and anti-trans and establishing, and, and like people will use your joke to push their narrative, be a pro and anti-trans. And they go, oh, the joke is about that. No, that was a setup for a school shooting joke. Exactly. That entire joke is a policy joke. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the trans community. Like I use that as a jumping off, as an entry point into the topic, so that you could do a 180 in the middle of the joke. But when people miss that it's a school shooting joke altogether, how how can I let your opinion hurt my feelings when yeah. you didn't even 
like we're not even speaking the same language mm-hmm. at that point. And, you know, criticism to a degree, sometimes it's fair. And yeah. I think you have to look at that with regards to how you shape your comedy and how you grow as a performer. That's why I don't think like all cancel culture is necessary. I, I would rather call it more critique culture because ain't nobody really getting canceled. But, you know, in the bigger scheme of things, I think you have to look at some of the things that people are saying about what you're doing and figure out whether or not it's valid. Yep. And there might be a tweak or two, and oh, God forbid, you get better. Yeah, it, but but it, it but it's tricky business. I mean, you do it well. Um, you do it better than than most I know. Um, but it's a tricky business, particularly in a setting like that, or in any setting, but certainly that setting, where you are using humor to really poke and to prod. And as I heard the joke, uh, and the response in the room, um. It 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 wasn't so much, I think, that everybody in that room, uh, Roy Wood Jr., did not get the school shooting joke, but the joke was a damning indictment of everybody in the room. Yeah. Y'all want to make the policy. Exactly. Don't make it. Exactly. That's, it. that's that's a serious indictment, man. And so anybody go laugh and you indicting them in that way. So I, I understood it. And so I, I, I guess the question is whether or not you expected there to be laughter in that moment or whether or not you expected what you got, given that you knew that, that the joke was going to critique everybody looking at you. Oh, man, that joke got nothing but groans. The yeah. whole three weeks I was working on that set, you know, I, I put... <laughs> You know, we put some support beams in place way back in February, myself and my hair writer, Christiana Mbakwe Medina. Right. And, you know, she's a former Daily Show writer. And before that, she was an investigative reporter in Britain. Um, so she knows where to, like, twist screws a little bit. Right. And I knew I wanted to say something about mass shootings. Um, but, like, when we were running that joke in the comedy clubs, it never got a laugh. Mm-hmm. It always got a but I feel like if you put a groan in the right pocket of your set, it's earned and you got to respect that. Mm-hmm. And it's more an indictment on the policy and inaction as a group instead of me attacking a specific person. And I feel like when you're trying to roast the government, the government is an entity. It's a body. It's a corporation. So you can go at one specific person. But a lot of these issues have been in place before half the people in the room was even in office. Yeah. So it's an indictment of the entire system. At least that's the way I saw it. Right. And the way we were trying to put everything together. You know, some of the jokes got laughs in the club, but some of the jokes, you can't even run in the comedy club. You just got to do them in that room. And yeah. like, that's what makes that event so unique and so special is that a lot of it is comedy that is custom made. Let me use one of these fashion words. It is bespoke comedy (laughs) (laughs) for that specific night. I can't fake, I cannot practice a Joe Biden document joke. Yeah. I handed the president back fake classified documents to his face. (laughs) Where are you going to practice that? Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Uh, Let me ask you before I go forward here. uh, Let me, let me, let me ask you right quick. Um, well, let me, let me premise it with this. I've been blessed to do a number of things in my career. I do not live a life of regrets, but there are some things I've done that I would never do again. Dancing with the stars, things I would never, ever do again. Uh, did you did you did you did you enjoy the did you like or loathe the experiments to the to the point that you would or would not do it again if invited? I would do it again. OK. Let me start there. I would do it again because I feel like the next time would be easier because now everybody knows me. 
mm-hmm. and you at least know some idea of where I'm coming from comedically. I feel like the disadvantage that I had is that, you know, when you look at the when you look at the names of the comedians that have done this event, you know, over the decades, sure. so many of them were already established in their brands mm-hmm. before they stepped on that stage. You were talking Conan, sure. John Stewart, Jay Leno, Seth the Entertainer, Wanda Sykes, you know, Larry Wilmore. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like I wasn't necessarily as known. And if you know me, it's from The Daily Show. And The Daily Show is just a sliver of what I do comedically as a whole. So I'm kind of introducing myself to the room while at the same time trying to do the job. So I feel like I was trying to do two things concurrently. So, you know, if I got asked again, I feel like now I could be a little edgier. Now I could go there. Now I could have two grown. Maybe three grown <laughs> in a set. That's what I love about comedians, man. You, get... you know my heart. <laughs> yeah. And comedy is only, a comedian is only allowed to go as far as you know what their heart is and what their true intentions are. Yeah. I thought about speaking, speaking of comedians, I thought about Eddie Eddie Murphy in that moment. Uh, remember Eddie's joke: "You give give a Negro a rope, you want to be a cowboy." Uh, so you, you you let you let Roy Wood you, you let Roy Wood Jr. loose, uh, and now he knows he can get two or three groaners next time. And let me just say this before we come forward: uh, they know you now. They know the name Roy Wood Jr. now. And I hope uh, that uh, there'll be an invite in the future to do it once again. When we come forward, we'll talk about uh, the Happy to Be Here Live Tour, which kicks off this summer. Roy Wood Jr. is, I guess, right now on KBLA Talk 1580. Roy Wood Jr. now seems like um, a most propitious time for you to go out on tour. Um, so tell me about Happy to Be Here Live Tour. Man, we just out here back in these streets selling jokes, man. I think <laughs> at the end of the day, it's all about making sure that people want to laugh and that people and giving people an opportunity to come out and laugh. I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and wax all poetic about <laughs> you know, the role of the comedian and importance and all of that. But, yo, as soon as they lifted them COVID restrictions a couple of years ago, comedy clubs and the nightclubs, that was the first thing packed because people were trying to escape and people still need a release. So, you know, myself and all the other comedians, we out here, man. Mm. And I'm running my mouth about as much as I can. Let me, let me ask you a question because you've been around politics for a long time. Mm-hmm. Is Donald Trump the most snitched on dude in the history of snitching. <laughs> like just in terms of defendants, yeah. just, just people, just the, the, the only person who ain't snitched on Trump yet, it, as far as I can tell, is Ben Carson. <laughs> ben Carson, somewhat deep down, is still a real Negro from Detroit. He still won't snitch on his partner. It made me respect Ben Carson more. I hate to say that, yeah. but it made me respect him. Yeah. <laughs> well, as, as you know, snitches get stitches. So, uh, <laughs> Ben, ben Carson. <laughs> well, book deals, depending on how much you <laughs> <on Trump. laughs> And that's why I'm just a lowly talk show host, and he's 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 a brilliant comedian. Uh, that came fast and furious. Uh, but Ben Carson uh, perhaps remembers that from his time in in Detroit before he lost his mind. Uh, I, I, I I digress on that point. Um, let, let, let me let me pivot right quickly um, to something you said earlier that is that is a bit serious. Even though we're talking about your tour, and by the way, he's going to be in Sacramento, San Francisco, Atlanta, Durham, Charlotte. 
Madison, Minneapolis, D.C., South Florida. He's going everywhere, man. So, uh, uh, as a matter of fact, um, I'm looking on my notes here. Where's the best place to go to get all the dates for the tour, uh, Roy Wood Jr.? Just go to my website, RoyWoodJr.com. That's what I thought. Just type in my name.com, and that'll get you you right. Yeah, RoyWoodJr.com for all the details. I can't wait to see this tour myself when he comes to California here. Um, But um, he's everywhere. So uh, go to RoyWoodJr.com for more details. Watching my clock here. When we come forward, I want to ask Roy Roy Wood Jr. something about his father. I've had this talk with him before, so I know uh, a bit about his father's backstory. Uh, we've been running a promo here that you hear, um, uh, you know, every so often, um, um, quoting uh, Joe Biden. It's, it's, it's in the president's voice at that dinner, talking about the importance of the black press. And I want to ask Roy Wood Jr. how he felt. I mean, Mac, we'll get Miles to play it again right about now, so in case Roy hasn't heard it, he can hear it during this uh, next segment here. And then we'll get his take on uh, how he felt, uh, given all that his father has done. Uh, uh, and in his career, uh, all the work he did. Uh, I wonder how Roy felt hearing the president say uh, the following, which you'll hear when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. Any dialogue with Roy Wood Jr. is always a conversation that matters, and I'm delighted to have him on for another four minutes between now and the top of the hour when this uh, program closes for today. Uh, so, Roy, I wanted uh, Miles, uh, my board op, to play that promo for you that we've been running on the station. Uh, I was just um, I was taken aback when I heard the president uh, offer such a full-throated defense <laughs> of the black media, knowing a bit about your father's backstory, and you were there that night on the podium watching him when he offered those remarks. How did it strike you? How did it hit you that night? Uh, I thought it was, it was, it was very worthwhile. It was very, it's very moving. And, you know, and talking about, you know, my father's experience through black media, you know, my father was a little older when I was born. So by the time I came around, you know, there were a lot of radio stations where my father was their first black hire. Mm-hmm. And he dealt with a lot of nonsense, so much so that he would rather just be a war reporter because he said he could. It was less, it was less stressful to be embedded with black troops in Vietnam or in Rhodesia or, or, or down in, in South Africa during riots. He said that was less stressful than dealing with racism in America at the man, time. Man, man, man. So. You know, for him to come back and, you know, be a part of the National Black Network, which was, you know, at its time, you know, that was the black CNN. That sure. was the OG black Twitter, low key. Mm-hmm. We're talking journalistically speaking. So to hear President Biden, you know, endorse that and acknowledge that, I thought it was dope. But going back to what I said earlier about not having enough time up there to really get into the nuance of journalism, the black press is dealing with a gang of erasure because a lot of these layoffs that are happening in the media there was a gang of diversity hires after george floyd mm-hmm. well guess who's gonna be the first one to let go that's right now that it's time to start laying people off that's right all that diversity and equity and inclusion and belong all that stuff y'all be screaming about those are the people that are getting fired now so those people aren't even around to cover their own communities to even shine a light on all of the stuff that the black press that biden just praised moments early but nope. i didn't have time to, and also i had to make that funny and that ain't funny yeah. it's sad no but it's true it, it's real as it's, it's real as rain it, it is that uh and that's just that's just a uh, royal Wood Jr.'s critique of the media 
Um, there's a much broader critique of corporate America, which we've had on this program uh, in, in recent days, where, you know, corporate America doing the same thing. As, uh, as the economy gets tighter, they're laying people off, and the first persons they lay off are those DE&I officers. Uh, so everybody committed to do more after the murder of George Floyd, and everybody's making a U-turn, as it were, uh, in the media and beyond. I digress on that point. Um, so, Roy Wood Jr., how excited are you to get back out on the road, and, and what do you think it's going to be like? Well, you, you've done it before since the pandemic, but, but, what, but what is it like in, in this moment in the nation's history with all the upheaval in this country telling jokes in a moment like this? The issue for me is that, you know, I haven't gotten out on the road on a regular since pre-COVID. I did a short run right. from an hour special that I shot in 2021, mm -hmm. but the proper packed out comedy club and you getting up there and you start talking about issues that are a little more divisive. If you ain't careful as a comedian, a comedy show will turn into a town hall real fast. <laughs> and, and I don't need people fighting at my show. I move in love. I'm just here to talk a little wild and keep it moving. You know, yeah. Like I already said, I was telling folks, the first thing we need to do, people talk about mental health and, you know, using that to stop some of these mass shootings. The first thing we got to do is give every brother a haircut. That's what we need. We need... Anybody that's shooting up something, all of them got a messed up haircut. You ain't never seen a single mass shooter with a good edge and a tight face. It's impossible to murder if you feel good about yourself. And a haircut gives you like a three-day feel-good window. That's so, oh, that, That's the type of stuff I'm trying to unpack, man. But, you know, my stand-up ain't no different than what I do on The Daily Show. It's trying to find a weird angle on something that everybody's already, you know, running their mouth about. So hopefully people are, you know, able to come out and laugh and forget about everything for a minute. I ain't trying to have y'all fighting in the lobby. I, I love me some Roy Wood Jr., uh, and I can't wait to get to California, but he's going to be in California and all across the country, literally from California to the Carolinas, literally. RoyWoodJr.com for more ticket information. Roy Wood Jr., I love you, man. Thank you for, uh, for giving us a chance to talk to you once again, and all the best on the tour. I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, OG. Thank you. Stay strong.